Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here we are, getting, uh, what, midweek, I guess, last day of March. And, uh, wow, what a month it has been, huh? Another uh, month of uh, chaos in Washington, D.C. Uh, the border is falling apart. We'll get to all of that stuff. We're going to hear some uh, some sound from Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump was interviewed by Laura Trump. And, of course, um, the, uh, I guess, was it YouTube and uh, Instagram uh, denied the interview because it had him on it. It really is. I mean, it's really sickening. We live in North Korea. We live in North Korea. Honestly, hey, this is how they do it over there. <laughs> this is how they do it, man. And we have the First Amendment. It's just it's just ridiculous. And then also we have some highlights from some great shows and great guests on Newsmax. Make sure to download the Newsmax app uh, on your a telephonic device. It's uh, it's available. It's really easy. And also what I guess uh, 5 million people plus have downloaded since November. And it's growing by leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. Now, if you are uh, on YouTube, apparently they are uh, removing dislikes on videos. Apparently, this is because Joe Biden is is terribly uh, uh, unliked with regard to whenever he goes live. If you ever seen his YouTube broadcast, where he, he you know he, he doesn't do a presser, but he just stands there and talks a little bit, and generally, like literally five or six thousand people will watch the thing, and most of them give it a thumbs down. So they're getting rid of it altogether. They're getting rid of it altogether. And this guy got 81 million votes. Sure he did. Yes, and the tooth fairy is real. All right. Um, also, Joe Biden will not be throwing out the first pitch at the uh, Nationals' home opener, apparently. He's too busy. <clears throat> He's too busy battling the coronavirus. I mean, actually just continuing the policies of the Trump administration, with the exception of the uh, federal uh, vaccination facilities that he opened, 21 of them, which did a giant face plant, by the way. Everything else is from the Trump administration, and it's working perfectly. Uh, this apparently, according to Jen Saki, and I will have some hot Saki for you in just a moment. She says, I know the president's eager to get out to National Stadium. Many beautiful days, many beautiful ball games ahead this spring. It is not on the president's schedule this week, but I certainly expect that baseball fans will be hearing from him in the next couple of days. They'll be hearing from him, but they won't see him. And if you thought uh, Anthony Fauci's pitch was bad, I mean, can you even imagine? Can you even imagine? Now, Joe Biden has two German Shepherds. We never heard about the German Shepherds until he moved into the White House. Uh, Greg Kelly has some comments on that very shortly. He has uh, some suspicions about the dogs. But anyway, Major is a three-year-old rescue. And I just want, just real quick, I just want you to think about the, uh, think about the visual here. Uh, because when Donald Trump was president, if you had surrounded the uh, White House and the Capitol with uh, a wall and razor ribbon and had two German Shepherds, in the White House. I think the conversation would be a whole lot different, don't you? I mean, seriously, it's like a bad episode of Hogan's Heroes. But anyway, <clears throat> Major apparently has a, a major biting problem. Uh, he was spotted playing on the White House this morning, apparently. He bit a second person. Apparently, this person was, a, I guess, a member of the National Park Service, I understand. Uh, was treated by White House Medical Unit out of an abundance of caution and returned to work without injury. Now, when I was a kid... <clears throat> And a dog did this, and this is just my Midwestern upbringing. Uh, if a dog did something like that, my dad would say, hey, it's it's time to take old uh, Chatty, Chatty out there. We're going to take him out to the uh, the farm and let him live the rest of his life on the farm. And and I was like, okay, dad, that's cool. All right, well, bye-bye, bye-bye, Chatty. Ow, ow, okay, bye-bye, Chatty. And then, you know, Chatty would get in there, and they put him in the <clears throat> carrier, and then Chatty would go off to the farm, and I never heard from Chatty again. And oddly enough, dad never talked about Chatty again, and, Apparently, it's something kind of akin to what happened to Old Yeller. 
No, Mama. There's no hope for him now, Travis. He's suffering. I remember when I saw this as a kid, and this was before, way, way before I was born. I mean, I, I haven't been able to watch this movie since. You know we've got to do it. I know, Mama. He was my dog. I'll do it. Meanwhile, the same thing was said with Joe Biden, and he was like, what dog? Do we have dogs? What? I'm sorry, do, do we have dogs? Interesting. Yeah, okay. So uh, Joe Biden was uh, rushed out of a, uh, I guess, a, uh, a press conference not a conference because he had that last week and he bumbled and stumbled through it. But this week he was uh, signing a uh, paycheck protection program extension into law. And as soon as he got done, the White House handlers, they rushed him out. Now, if you think this is normal, <laughs> if you think this is normal in any way, shape or form, you're out of your mind. All right. So here is the president just getting done signing uh, the Paycheck uh, uh, Protection Act. I, he doesn't know what he's signing. He might have been in, whose paycheck is this? Anyway, here he is. Uh, and then the reporters beginning to ask questions. This is like this is like uh, piranhas feeding on a calf's leg in the in the Amazon. There's a signing of the bill. And before the president could say anything, thanks, folks. Wow. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. 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 You got your, you got your picture, your really valuable footage of the president signing something. That'll, that'll lead the cast tonight. <laughs> Bigger than life. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, I don't know if you knew this. Now, we got a lot of stuff going on. Okay, the president did his first uh, presser a week ago, and he stumbled and mumbled through it. He earlier this week spoke about uh, the the border crisis and a, and a few other things. And I mean, he sounded drunk. Uh, it was you know, and, and I, I, he just come on. Okay, we're not stupid. We know the emperor is naked. Okay, all of us are screaming that he's naked, but his handlers are going, no, 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 no. His outfit is absolutely spectacular, absolutely spectacular. So. The latest is they're referring to the uh, Biden administration as the Biden-Harris administration. During the Trump administration, it was never the Trump-Pence administration. It was always the Trump administration. You knew who was in charge. With the Biden-Harris administration, I want you to think about this. Remember, there, there was a band in the 60s. They were called Jefferson Airplane, and then they became Jefferson Starship. So they kind of changed it, you know, changed the name. Of it. That's kind of what's happening right now with the White House. And then they just became Starship. We built this city. So you got Jefferson, who's there, Biden, and you've got Starship there, Harris, and then you're going to have Starship Harris, okay? All right, so here she is being uh, talked about, uh, Jen Psaki, this is hot Psaki time, hot Psaki time, ladies and gentlemen, um, Jen Psaki being asked about, why are they calling it the uh, Biden-Harris administration, and, and who put the marbles at the top of the stairs that Joe Biden goes down every day? What's going on? Anything to be read into sort of the rebranding of the Biden administration to the Biden and Harris administration? Uh, the rebranding? Well, when you, when you look on the website, it's, you know, it's, not, it's just Biden Harris, and that's not. This it. morning we noticed that Joe Biden's name was X'd out. Uh, necessarily the norm of the past. Is there any message being sent by that, or what's meant to be, uh, what can be extrapolated? From I that? would take from it that Vice President Harris is an important partner. She's the <laughs> first in the room, the last, Starship! last in the room on most occasions. If she's in town and not traveling around the country, she's doing everything because he can't. Um, it's a reflection of the important role uh, that she will play moving forward. 
And I think that uh, if Hillary Clinton were the president or the vice president, uh, it would have been Starship a long time ago. It <laughs> just would have been, wow. It would have been like Starship. I mean, you know, just put your hand on the Bible, swear it in, and welcome President Starship. So anyway, <laughs> here is... Uh, here is Jen Psaki. Apparently in San Diego, they are taking uh, uh, kids who are illegals crossing the border, and they are going to do in-person learning for these kids, even though kids in San Diego are still having hybrid learning. Some schools not even open, not even open, but apparently it's okay to educate these kids uh, in person. And by the way, apparently they're looking for uh, glorified babysitters at the border and you can make a hundred thousand dollars thought you should know and one of the prerequisites is you should be able to speak spanish don't expect people coming here to speak english you got to be able to speak uh the spanish but here she is being asked about why are illegal immigrants being taught in person while americans kids suffer and i might mention that in some cities uh suicides have gone up by 50 percent with kids nine years old to 16 years old I'd like to find out what the White House thinks about what's happening in San Diego, where some public school teachers are providing in-person instruction at the San Diego Convention Center to migrant children before their own public school students. And these kids, of course, about 130,000 of them have been at home doing online learning for about a year now. So what does the White House think about that? Well, I know you guys have done a fair amount of reporting on this, so maybe you'll have more details. Uh, oh, here she is. She's being a little snarky. She's being a little snarky. Yeah, okay. Uh, as I understand it, San Diego Public Schools are opening in early April. Yeah, we see they're not open now. April 12th. To hybrid learning. Okay. So hybrid learning. Not hybrid learning, yeah. Classroom. And as I understand it, this is related part-time. Uh, and certainly, you know, our objective from the White House, opening up five days a week, a uh, majority of schools across the country. And uh, they're on spring break right now. And this is related to volunteering or being paid. I'm not even sure. You'd have to ask the local school district during spring break. Don't ask us. We have no idea. These migrant kids. Yes, yeah, so the San Diego County Supervisor, Jim Desmond, he says, you know, I think it's great that there's in-person learning for unaccompanied minors from Central America, but I wish every child in San Diego County was allowed the same opportunity for in-person teaching. So I guess the, the question is, you know, uh, does the White House think that this sends the right message to these? My question would be, uh, what the heck? 130,000. But I wouldn't use that word kids in San Diego and their parents who've been stuck at home for the last year. Well, I'm just saying that context is important. And these kids are going back to school uh, for hybrid learning. We, of course, want that to be five days a week, and we're confident we'll get there early next month. And I believe they're also on spring break right now. So these teachers are would be... Yeah, the kids needed a spring break after all that uh, not learning and staying at home and stuff. Unbelievable. Okay, so AOC. I was thinking the other day about... Uh, some of the great statesmen and women, for that matter, of history and how uh, our founders were essentially intellectuals. <clears throat> they were farmers. They were uh, men of the world. I mean, they, they could do all sorts of stuff. Uh, George Washington made whiskey. You know, they, they were just kind of all around. And, they, and their, their words speak volumes even today. Even today, they're carved in granite. I don't think anything that uh, AOC says is going to be carved in granite because... Um, <clears throat> AOC, Box of Rocks, which is smarter. I'm going to go with the Box of Rocks, except for I'm going to take the rocks out. So anyway, here's AOC talking about how no one should use the word surge about the border crisis because it invokes a militaristic frame. Here she is in all of her, and by the way, I'm just going to real quick tell you, the more you hear her voice, the more IQ points you're going to lose. Okay, so just be ready. They'll come back. Don't be alarmed. They will come back. They want to say, what about the surge? Well, first of all, just gut check, stop. 
anyone who's using the term surge around you consciously is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. Okay, my IQ is going down. Two plus two equals five. And that's a problem because these this is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents. And we are IQ continuing to drop. One plus one equals giraffe. Not being invaded, which, by the way, is a white supremacist. Oh, boy, we've reached critical stupid idea, philosophy, the idea that if an other is coming in the population, that this is like an invasion of who we are. <laughs> okay, hold on. Breathe. 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 I need something here like a, 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 a algebra equation or something to bring my intelligence back. Anyway, that is a AOC. And I don't know where she got that 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 surge thing. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess it was Joe Biden during the debates uh, the last election. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. OK, so I guess. That would make Joe Biden a white supremacist, right? Right? Okay. Oh, by the way, while the uh, government is uh, paying for everything, they're going to do student loans now, $50,000 per kid, even though these kids were adults when they decided to go to school, get their worthless degree in uh, lesbian poetry uh, or whatever, and and uh, they end up with massive amounts of debt. Here is Chuck Schumer announcing another freebo, $50,000, and he's asking you to uh, encourage you to call the White House and talk to Joe Biden. People. Folks listening, whether you have the debt, have a friend who has the debt, believe it's the right thing, we're asking you, email, call, write, President Joseph Robinette Biden, and tell him you want this done. We're trying to get... I'm sure he'll read all of your emails and take all your calls. ...as many people to contact the White House as possible, and frankly, we told this to Joe Biden, and he said, go ahead, let it rip. You know, the only reason why they want to pay off the $50,000 in debt is because... It's really hard to pay off $50,000 in debt when you're working as a barista instead of your field. So let's show them what kind of support there is out there for this great plan that Elizabeth, Bob, and I, and many, many others are pushing. Let's get this done. My philosophy degree, and would you like fries with that? Let's give away some more money to people who signed contracts that adults got worthless degrees and now want you to pay for it. Oh, by the way, my special guest, Ben Carson, joins us very shortly. Very shortly. And I don't think we're related. All right? Anyway. So Facebook and Instagram pulled the uh, video of uh, Laura Trump interviewing former President Trump, talking about a variety of things. But I do have some audio from the interview. Now, they pulled it because it featured Trump speaking and the voice of Donald Trump. And, of course, um, this is kind of what I guess Stalin used to do. He would erase people from pictures. This is literally getting rid of uh, his voice, his likeness, anything the man could say. But you know what? We're going to go ahead and and play it right here. Laura asked him about the Biden's presser, which, I mean, was uh, depressing, to say the least. We saw the press conference that Joe Biden had, if you can even call it that. He had a lot of notes. He had printouts with people's faces and names on it, who to call on, who not to call on. What was your takeaway from, from that press conference? Well, I think the press conference is probably the least of it. People... So a lot of things happening long prior to the press conference and even the trip up the stairs up and yeah. down three times there were a lot of things a lot of things are going on so we'll see what happens i hope he's in good shape i hope he's okay for the sake of 
the country. Yeah. But uh, I think people get it. And, you know, I think uh, very importantly. Yeah, what? I, what? What? Oh, yeah, he's naked. The things that he said and when, whether we debated or whether he just made statements, all of those things were not what he's doing. No, he's pretty much doing. Uh, well, I mean, uh, just real quick. Uh, did you notice any campaign ads where Joe Biden said, uh, we're going to increase your taxes dramatically. You're going to raise the price of gasoline, and we're going to let biological boys compete with your girls in school. Did you see that ad? Because I think I missed that ad. Here, Laura Trump is talking to the president about what social media has become without Trump on it. And in addition, I'm looking at, you know, everybody wants me to be on the site because we had 90 million people on one. We had, I think, 36 million people on POTUS. Uh, we had sites of 10. I miss him on social media. Uh, that doesn't include Facebook. And then we had one of the biggest on Facebook, maybe the biggest. And CNN misses him in the White House. But one of the biggest on Facebook. So we had, you know, 200 million people, I guess, or more. Yeah. yeah. So everybody wants me to go in their site because the problem is they have sites, but they have no people. And uh, Twitter has gotten very boring because <laughs> I can see Twitter anytime. Because you're I gone. Want. They no, miss no. you. Well, it's, it's said to have gotten very <laughs> boring and a lot of people are leaving Twitter. But it's got it's become boring and and uh, really uh, not the point of view is terrible. Uh, and people are leaving Twitter. A lot of people yeah. are leaving Twitter. And he's going to be coming with a his own site. And I will be signing up for that. By the way, if you want to follow me, I'm on Parler. Parler at Rob Carson Show. Also, MAGA book at Rob Carson Show. And my video channel is Rumble.com. Rumble.com at Rob Carson Show. Here's the president talking about what the world thinks of us now with President Biden in the office. How do you think we're being viewed right now around the world, whether by our adversaries or our allies? How do you think the United States is regarded right now? I think that they can't believe what's happening. They don't believe it. They don't believe. Uh, can you imagine China looking at us and they're talking about Dr. Seuss? And that was like the big <laughs> thing of the day. But it's, it's long beyond Dr. Seuss. They want to take down monuments to heroes. They want to get rid of our history, obliterate our great history. Whether it's good or bad, you learn from it. You have to learn oh, from oh history. Oh, my God. And some is bad and some is good. I would say most of it's good, but they want to... Ab I would say that most of it is good because we became the greatest uh, engine of economic and individual liberty in the history of mankind. We liberated millions of people and saved millions and millions of lives. And rock and roll wouldn't be here. The blues and jazz wouldn't be here. Baseball and American football wouldn't be here. We'd still be watching people play cricket. Literate our past. And once you do that, you don't have much of a country. You know why they call it cricket? Because that's what the stands sound like. That's all you hear. No applause. Just crickets. Left. I think that China is very happy now. And I think that Russia and a lot of other countries are very happy. They're looking at what's going on. And they don't. And they're giving it a big old knee slap. Here is Laura Trump. Talking to Donald Trump, trying to, to get out of him if he's running in 2024, even though everybody knows he is. We all owe a lot to our country, but now we have to help our country. And we were there. We were so, so good. What we did with Iran, what we did with China, we were all set to do some great things. And then you see what's going on right now. China treated our representatives last week with such, in Alaska, with such mm -hmm. tremendous disrespect. They never talked to me that way. Uh, you look at North Korea. I got along with Kim Jong-un, and for four years we had no problem. I mean, I was told by President Obama and everybody else that, that North Korea was our biggest problem. It was, we're going to end up in war with North Korea if that group stayed in. And for four years we had no problem with North Korea. Now all of a sudden you see the problem is starting again. No, we have uh, a great country. We have to help our country. And so we may see 
a Trump run again in 2024. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I want to say say thank you. Yeah, he's going to run. He's come on. Come on. So the Biden administration is expected to unveil a $2.25 trillion infrastructure package. The $650 billion is for infrastructure. Now, uh, the Obama administration promised the same thing, $785 billion, and there were no shovel-ready projects. So apparently, uh, $400 billion is going to care for elderly and disabled, $300 billion for housing infrastructure. And listen to this. This is the biggest joke. $300 billion for reviving U.S. manufacturing. Donald Trump did that. Joe Biden is driving it away. American manufacturing was back, and Donald Trump did it by cutting taxes and cutting regulation, and it worked beautifully. It worked beautifully. Greg Kelly of Newsmax interviewed Steve Forbes, former presidential candidate, and, you know, kind of a, a man of the world and a successful businessman in the whole deal, and he was asked about uh, Joe Biden's giant mega-turbo infrastructure package, which, by the way, is very little goes for infrastructure and a whole lot of stuff goes for uh, garbage. What do you think of Joe Biden's um, $3 trillion, $3 to $4 trillion infrastructure dreams? Uh, well, it's going to, what it's going to do two things. One, it'll eventually kindle inflation, financing that 3 to $4 trillion, mostly going to be done by printing money. We know where that leads. And the other thing is they call it an infrastructure bill, but only a small part of it is actually going to go for highways and uh, airports and things like that. A lot of it is going to be taking huge resources, going for alternative energies, jeopardizing our energy independence, raising the price of energy, and also subsidizing massively electronic vehicles, uh, having these electronic ports where you can uh, gin up your uh, automobile with more electricity. And by the way, most American cities, uh, they, they uh, burn fossil fuels, coal, to generate that electricity. Electricity. You can't just make up, uh, there's a, there's a, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And uh, if you burn coal, it creates a, it creates a electricity. Federal government ever subsidized gasoline stations when the automobile rose up? No. If the, let the private sector sort this out. But a massive call on resources, Greg, and it's going to hurt the economy rather than help it. They think it's stimulus. It's actually going to be a depressant. Well, it is a uh, return to the playbook of FDR. FDR came up with the New Deal, and the New Deal basically massive spending. And uh, we've all used the analogy, you dig a hole, and then somebody else fills it back in again. You are creating work. You are not creating jobs. That's what it's all about. They have never learned a thing about history whatsoever, but they're going to try it again. A little bit more from Steve Forbes. <laughs> well, the, you, you hit it exactly. It is AOC, Green New Deal kind of stuff. Uh, massively trying to transform this country without a real uh, a referendum on this, without a, any consensus. And against the will of the American people. I'll just go ahead and say that. Without getting a mandate from the voters. If you'd ask the voters, do we own policies that's going to double the price of gasoline, double the price of electricity if they follow through on this kind of thing? Most voters would have said, no way. And I take comfort that this plan to... Uh, we keep going down this road, literally, literally. And we were all close last summer. Uh, toilet paper will be the new currency. Tax cars based on how many miles... And currency will be the new toilet paper. You drive, at least that went down. But there's a lot of other bad stuff in this stew. There is a lot in that stew. I would actually call it a, uh, a pot of sewage, to be quite honest. Uh, here's Greg Kelly talking about the Biden's dogs and how uh, one of them might have to go... Out and live the rest of his life on a farm. The dog has bitten another person. This time, a employee of the National Park Service. <laughs> what is it about Joe Biden and his dogs? Why can't he control them? 
Here's the deal. They don't know Joe Biden that well. This whole arrangement. And Joe Biden doesn't know them. Are you kidding me? Is phony. And I was suspicious. <laughs> I was, I think, the first one to note something. Remember that, uh, that card he had in his pocket with all the reporters' names from the last presser? He's got a card in with relatives, with grandchildren, and his dog's names. Wasn't right. And pictures. With these dogs. I'm sorry. Um, Joe got them a long time ago. And then he left the vice presidency. An older man, empty nester. I don't think Joe particularly knows these dogs. They were Did he say empty headster? No, I, I, well, never mind. Strangers even to Joe. And yes, they look a little scruffy for the White House. Okay, so uh, what will happen next? Banish back to Wilmington? Will they finally get a bath? I hope so. Joe, something's not right, and you know what I'm talking about. Off to the farm with you there, buddy. Off to the farm with you. Rob Schmidt had uh, former White House D Director of Communications Mercedes Schlapp on to talk a little bit about uh, Kamala Harris's bizarre laughter episode this week where she was basically being asked about child care and, and kids, American kids not going to schools. I'll play the, uh, the, the reaction and the laughter from Kamala Harris and then Mercedes' reaction. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to bring their kids <laughs> and said, we're not paying them nearly enough. <laughs> so she's trying to be so likable. She's trying so hard. It's really painful to watch. It's also kind of blowing up in her face on this one, though, because this made a lot of people mad. You got kids that are at home losing a year of education, staring at a computer screen, and then you have kids that came from Central America getting in-person learning. Yeah, there's no question uh, that parents across the country are infuriated by the fact that their children cannot go to school in person. And this is no laughing matter. And the mere fact that Kamala Harris I, I got to tell you, I don't know if it's a nervous tick. I don't know what it is with Kamala Harris, but she constantly tries to make a joke. Could be that she's a fake. That's just me. No, not really. ...of these very serious issues is, is troubling. If I'd be part of her comms team or press team, I would say to Kamala, knock it off. Yeah. Uh, we're dealing here with a serious situation where children uh, across the board, especially minority children, mm -hmm. low-income children... They are not getting the education they need. They're experiencing delays in both reading and math. And these are going to have long-term consequences. And as we know, the mental health component is so critical. And it's impacting... You realize in places like Las Vegas, they didn't start talking about in-school learning until the suicide rate doubled from 9-year-olds to 13-year-olds. Not only children, but teenagers across the board and i just i find it so disturbing she laughs it off when it comes to the border yeah. crisis she laughs it off when it comes to um schools and i just think the american people are going to get tired of this pretty oh i think we were wicked tired of it a long time ago to be quite honest Grant Stinchfield talked to Jason Jones, one of our Newsmax reporters on the border. And there are so many reasons why this is just devastating, not only to the, the people who are coming across, but more importantly to us. Because we live here. This is our home. This is our home. Everything that we've had and held dear to us is being trampled on. Whether that be the, the national anthem, the American flag, American cities, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment. I could go on and on and on and on. And now we see more people are going to die because fentanyl is flooding across the border. What is fentanyl? 
Fentanyl is where you go to when your heroin doesn't give you a high enough. So you go to something that is so devastating that a grain of salt can kill you. Here is uh, Jason Jones on the border talking about the drugs coming right back across. Another victory for the Biden administration. But I'm going to tell you that there's a lot more going on down here. As Border Patrol is forced to transition from border security to migrant care, you know, that opens up the lanes and everything behind me is a lane. Every bend in the river, the cartels call a gap. And I can tell you they are pushing more fentanyl right now into the United States than ever. And that's not a perception or a feeling. If you go to the website for U.S. Customs and Border Protection, in the first five months, they have seized over 4,900 pounds of fentanyl. Now, the reason that's significant is that in all of 2020, they seized 4,700 pounds. And that was a by far record set. How much more abuse do we have to take? How much more do we have to take from this administration before the nation says, stop? year. And I say that to you because of the overdose deaths. What happens here directly affects every American family in this country. And when we're looking at epidemic overdose deaths in the country from fentanyl and from methamphetamine, that's directly coming from the Mexican cartels. And you can see how having an open border is affecting the rest of our country. Uh, we're going to see thousands of deaths. We've seen that the there is an increase in drownings on the border of children, 20% increase since this flood was allowed to happen by the Biden administration shutting down some of the programs that the Biden or the Trump administration had uh, had done, including wait in Mexico until your court date. Now we give everybody a hotel room and tell them to come back and see us in three years. It is unbelievable. Grant Stinchfield also talked to Representative Beth Van, Van Diane, I guess it's Diane, and uh, what she saw at the Donna facility in Texas. And this is tragic. Well, we went to the Donna facility and what we witnessed was heartbreaking. You had, you know, kids that were in a facility that during COVID times should have a maximum of 250 people. You had over 5,700 individuals in these tents, these these ready-made camps. Um, the kids, you could not even see the floor because they were packed and stacked on top of each other. It was heartbreaking. There was very little opportunity for them to get out of these places. There was no recreation, no sunlight, as you can see from the videos. It was heartbreaking. Um, but Nancy Pelosi sees future groundskeepers in those kids' eyes. And this was totally foreseeable as part of the problem. Is that you know we, we spent a time talking to um, folks that were advisors to the Biden presidency, to Biden himself. One thing you don't know is that a lot of these kids... Uh, they, instead of having the money to come across the, uh, the border, what they do is they, they say that they will work as slaves for years until that is paid off. That's real. That warned him, if you change these policies, you can expect a surge. That what happened under the Trump administration was they came in and they saw these surge numbers coming from Obama's. This is what Biden and Obama wanted to happen. This is a happy accident. Open border policy. For them. And what, what Trump did was he went and he had conversations with leaders of some of the other, other countries to our south where they agreed to keep them as a first safe country that people applying for asylum came to. Keep them in those countries where they're together with their families before they make this dangerous trek through Mexico where over a third of the girls are raped multiple times. Dear God. Where people starve to death, where people are used by human smugglers 
bought and sold, coming in human trafficking, sex trafficking, and used by drug cartels. I got to tell you, and all of this is for one reason, and that is to create a permanent underclass of Democrat voters. That's the most cynical thing you could possibly imagine, that in combination with the abuse that the American people are suffering, particularly on the border, because of this. It is tragic, it is sad, and I'm going to go ahead and venture to say it's downright evil. It's downright evil. It's wrong. And we're going to have to figure out how to fight back in a big way. Dr. Ben Carson, he's got a new uh, institute, and he is awesome, and he has the same last name as me. And Dr. Ben Carson, I believe we could be related. <laughs> well, my, my father's name was Robert Carson. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that is hilarious. But how have you been uh, lately, sir? Uh, things have been going well. The new institute is growing, and things are happening. So. Tell me a little bit about the institute and, uh, and its mission. Well, uh, basically, we want to reemphasize the cornerstone principles that allowed us to go from a ragtag bunch of militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time. Things like faith, liberty, community, and life. And those are the very things that are under attack and that are being pushed away from us now. And obviously, uh, we'll suffer the consequences. So, you know, we aren't going to just sit by and, and watch those valuable principles uh, denigrated. And, uh, you know, we're not just a think tank. We're also a do tank. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be, and we already have been, starting uh, roundtables and vast discussions around the country regarding the topics that most Americans actually are agreeable with our principles but you know they don't hear them anymore they just hear the other side all the time and they just kind of capitulate now doctor you have to i i believe you are as frustrated as as millions of other americans with the direction of the country uh southward in such a dramatic fashion with joe biden in the uh, in the oval office uh you've got everything from well i just read and we were just talking about faith and this was very troubling to me the other day that uh, that people um, uh, uh, church membership is down sharply, uh, dramatically. A lot of that has to do, of course, with you know people not being able to go to church before because of COVID. I wonder if that was you know part of the plan. Well, they say never let a crisis go to waste, and you know it was Nikita Khrushchev sixty years ago who said, "Your children, uh, your children's children will live under communism, and we won't have to fire a shot." And he knew what was necessary in order to accomplish that. It was to control the educational system so you can indoctrinate the kids, control the media so you could spoon-feed the people what you wanted them to hear, uh, remove God and replace it with government, and increase the national debt to such enormous levels that you could justify uh, extreme taxation and redistribution of wealth. Dr. Carson, do you do you feel like maybe we've reached a point, a breaking point? I, I think I'm beginning to feel that people are going, enough is enough. At Loudoun County, Virginia, with their uh, critical race theory, parents are fighting back. It's being exposed. Do you, do you suppose that maybe we are getting close to a breaking point with how much we're going to be, we're going to take anymore? Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're getting there, but... I think it's better than we think it is. Yeah. It's just that the it's just that the media uh, tries to paint a certain uh, narrative, and they're all in. 
So they make you think that their numbers are much greater than they are. And they make people who oppose them think that maybe they should sit in the corner and keep quiet. I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a, a tyranny of the minority going on right now. And when you hear these stories, well, for instance, here's a prime example. Dr. Seuss being canceled and then Dr. Seuss book sales going through the through the roof because people realize the absurdity of they realize the absurdity of this. Well, the same thing with with Mike Lindell and my pillow. Oh, Lord. They, they, they tried to cancel him and his sales went up fivefold. I want to ask you about a few different things. The George Floyd, uh, Derek Chauvin trial is going on in Minneapolis. Uh, and Minneapolis burned to the tune of $500 million last summer. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the trial? Well, uh, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm a big supporter of the police, but I'm not a supporter of uh, inappropriate police activity. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that the aftermath of this will be that people will look at some of the tactics that are used by police, because if you can justify what the police did in this situation, then obviously there's a problem. Okay. <laughs> we don't need to justify that, but we, we do need to, to have some comprehensive uh, reforms and allow the police to really get to know the community. Community policing is so critical. What about this, doctor, and obviously you're closer to it, but I've been a champion of working with inner city communities, working with fostering and adopting kids, and the destruction of the African-American nuclear family. I mean, why isn't society, why is America not looking at that? What are your you're thoughts? So correct about that. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason that the African-American community was able to withstand slavery and uh, Jim Crow and horrible discrimination and segregation was because they had strong nuclear families and significant ties to the church. Yes. Both of those things are under attack in the black community and have fallen off tremendously. And there's been significant carnage as a result of that. And those things need to be reestablished. Uh, and that's why, you know, one of the cornerstones is faith. Yes, sir. And the other cornerstone community. These mm -hmm. things make a tremendous difference in the quality of life. One thing I, I think that I think the Democrat Party is attempting to distract from its failings. Uh, you look at the war on poverty uh, created by Lyndon Johnson in the 60s. It did the opposite of that. And in effect, in many ways, helped to destroy the uh, African-American nuclear family. Uh, and now we've got the uh, Democrats uh, talking about reparations, which I believe is another way to cover up the, the decay uh, happening in America's inner cities and the failure of Democrat policies. Well, there's no question that that's going on. Uh, dependency. They emphasize dependency. They pat people on the head and say, there, there, you poor little thing. Uh, all of those mean people are causing all your problems yes. and we're going to help yes. you. Yes. We are your salvation. And uh, as people buy into that, uh, it, it dampens the uh, drive for self-sufficiency. You know, as the HUD secretary, one of the things I quickly changed was the definition of success. Not how many people we could get into government programs, but how many we could get out of those programs yes. Yes. and be self-sufficient. I, I agree completely. And uh, I don't think that, that a, a reparations check is going to make any difference. I was, I was a little taken aback, i got to be honest. I think it was Buffalo, New York, 
they are going to do uh, reparations. And what I found to be terrifically, I guess, to some degree, rather racist, is that they're going to pay for it with pot sales revenue taxes. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is kind of funny, isn't it? But, but, but also, oh, I, just think, think about the logistics. Yes. Uh, who gets reparations? Yeah. Uh, you know, Obama's family, for instance, they were never slaves. No. Do they get reparations just because they're black? Yeah. And and what about people who are half black or quarter black or third black? How much do they get? Yeah. And, you know, by the time you get to figuring that out, you just say, forget about it. Let's move <laughs> on to something that makes sense. It is interesting. You know, I had my DNA tested a couple of years ago and I discovered my biological family. And it was very interesting. I always thought that I was uh, Irish, English, and German. It turns out I'm English, Irish, and German. And also, I have more Cherokee blood in me than than uh, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did my DNA testing, too, and I found out that, you know, I had 3% Asian. Dr. Carson, let's talk about last year. I say 2020 happened because it was 2020. All of the things last year were a facade. Uh, they were drummed up. They were created. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, I think we just have to stop and take a look at the big picture and understand what America is. America is more of an ideal than it is a place. And those ideals are ideals of liberty and freedom and justice for all. And when we begin to concentrate on those things and not on all the, the peripheral issues of power grabbing, then I think we begin to move in the right direction. But that means we have to talk to each other. Yes, sir. We can't get into our respective corners and hurl hand grenades and expect somehow something good to come out of that. Yes, it sir. will not, and it will destroy us. This divisiveness, trying to divide people on the basis of race, on uh, income, on mm. religion, on virtually anything that they can find, and just exploit that. We, the American people, have to be smart enough to recognize that we cannot fall for that, that we are not each other's enemies, and that we can make this into the most wonderful place if we begin to work together and ignore the politicians and the media who have other objectives. That's very well said, sir, and I greatly appreciate your time today. For our listeners who'd like to know more about your work, where can they find you on the uh, on the web? AmericanCornerstone.org. And we've got a lot of interesting stuff there. You'll be quite entertained. Very good, sir. It was a pleasure talking to you today. My fellow Carsonite. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Keep up the good work. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. See ya. Alrighty. Very cool. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson. Absolutely. I've been dying to talk to that guy for a very long time. Absolutely awesome. And you know what? He's not even mad at America for being so racist and horrible. It's weird. He's actually a patriot. He actually thinks that America's kind of awesome. I know. I know. Really weird. What a sellout he is, huh? What a giant sellout he is. Before I go, uh, the latest victim of woke culture, the latest, I guess, uh, victim of cancel culture is uh, SpongeBob. Now, I've been watching SpongeBob with my children since they were born. My son is 21 years old. We've seen every single episode. I know all of them. I know what their favorites are. I know what my favorites are. I love the show. They've tried to do some things to SpongeBob. Everybody's convinced SpongeBob and Patrick are gay. No, they're not. They're a sponge, and they're a, um, what is a mollusk, a starfish? Anyway, they, come on. Really? 
Well, now apparently there's a an upcoming season, a quarantine crab. Many of the uh, main characters are quarantined at the Krusty Crab. They're sea creature cartoon characters, and they're being quarantined by the health inspector, leading the characters to try to figure out who uh, who has the illness. I'm thinking it was planted by uh, a plankton, who, by the way, is a lot like China. Plankton's a lot like China, just right over there, always trying to wreck the crusty crab, always trying to steal their secret ingredient, kind of like China does with our intellectual property. They've been doing it for years. Oh, my God, I just figured it out. I just figured it out. So quarantine crab is going bye-bye, apparently. And then there's another episode, apparently, that has been uh, canceled. And this is a an episode where SpongeBob and Patrick are trying to convince Mr. Crab that they were hip and they were happening and they were, you know, dangerous and Mr. Crab's in a midlife crisis. And so the, the SpongeBob and Patrick decided they would suggest going on a panty raid. All right. So a panty raid, this is, this is way, way before I think any of us went to college. This might've happened in the thirties. They were fraternities would go into sorority houses and steal their underwear, whatever, whatever. Anyway, here's a little uh, piece from the uh, now verboten SpongeBob. I guess you're going to miss the panty raid. The what? I said, I guess you're going to miss the panty raid. Panty raid? You're talking about girls, right? Girl girls? Yeah. Now, here's what happened actually later in the episode. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. They're in this house. They're stealing panties. <laughs> really things. We hit the jackpot. So he's looking in this uh, underwear drawer, and there's some, like, these big boxers for women. And Mr. Krabs is holding them up. And then he realizes... Oh, yeah, Mr. Krabs! You finally came through for me, boys. I feel young again. Eugene? Mother? What are you doing with my bloomers? Yes, they uh, went into uh, Mr. Krabs' mom's house. And Mr. Krab uh, was holding up a pair of his mother's underwear. And, uh, and then it was like... Oh my God! What have I done? Anyway, <laughs> that is a, that is verboten now. It has to go away. It has to go away because somehow that's awful. And because the by the way, there's a uh, what quarantine crab. Apparently, this will cause your children to want to go out and beat up Asian people because of that. I guess. You know, I have watched every single episode of SpongeBob. I never want to go on a panty raid. Never wanted to beat up people. He just kind of laughed at it. It was just kind of nice. Kind of one of those last, uh, you know. Those innocent things that are absolutely awesome. And, and, and honestly, SpongeBob is an innocent, beautiful cartoon. It is a wonderful cartoon. You should watch the episodes with your kids. It is really, really good. I'm not saying it. they're life lessons. It's just fun. And it's awesome. So watch it. And to America who, who are into canceling stuff like this, you need to lighten the heck up. And honestly, you need to shut the heck up too, by the way. All right. With that, I've got to go, guys. I want to greatly appreciate you joining me today. Thank you to Dr. Ben Carson for joining as well. Make sure to download the Newsmax app on your phone. It's absolutely awesome. And watch all your Newsmax programming. If you have any questions about programs, just go to NewsmaxTV.com. You can see when my show, Rob Carson's What in the World, airs. And uh, in the meantime, God bless. Have a glorious day. And I'll see you and you'll hear me tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. 
That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.